The Other Side of the News is a current and dynamic companion to augment the discussions from The Other Side of Midnight. We investigate, explore, and extrapolate facts to gain better understanding of current affairs and events, and thus... To bring comfort and calm to our wide international audience. It's a spontaneous commentary. Based on well-verified references vetted through vigilance and discernment. Our desire is to awaken your imagination with questions. Questions that have not been asked, yet need answering. The other side of the news is a place where you can come and be with us in community. Learning new things, asking questions, getting compelling answers, and interesting viewpoints. It's about curiosity. We present thought-provoking questions to incite your mind, propelling you to see the world in another way. Propelling you to see the world in another way. With clear insights and fresh perspectives on global events. Tune in for a balanced view of the other side of the news. and welcome to the other side of the news. Tonight, our special guest is Michael Jaco, and the name of our show is Demolishing Lies. It's our 64th show, and we have been very much looking forward to this. This week, once again, we watched the fake stream media attempt to cover up egregious behavior on the part of Biden, who is quickly becoming known as grumpy, and that's the kindest thing that we can say. With the countless gaps coming forward, it's little wonder that he ran his election campaign from the basement and had virtually no public contact. MSM barely mentioned uh, the verbal tirade and tried to point us in another direction as to what actually happened. In the comments that followed the rather bizarre meeting between Biden and Putin, is this a meeting? I really don't think so. I think that a meeting requires two people to actually come together, but best details, you know. So Putin stated that he, Biden, downplayed human rights abuses. He even refused to say Alexei Navalin's name. So how does it account to a constructive meeting as to as president? This, the reporter who was quoting Putin was asking this question. Biden aggressively and condescendingly responded, if you don't understand that, you're in the wrong business. But here's the thing. The media tried to make that go away. They tried to change it into something else. So why are they doing this? And let's not forget one of the other memorable moments that was created when Biden was asked live on air. It's a long way to November, and we've got a few more questions. This gentleman was cut off by Biden responding, you've got more questions? If you've got a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. The problem here, of course, was that he was on a video call and the gentleman interviewing him was clearly black. That didn't play well. Unfortunately, Biden and America on the world stage, they are being seen as increasingly weak and he's he's being seen as increasingly weak and angry with little to no control. I'm not digging around looking for gas. There's an exceedingly large pile, an obvious pile to go through. No, I'm bringing this up to point out how skewed the media's presentation is of so many things. As our audience that listen to our shows on a regular basis are aware, the media is owned and controlled by six corporations slash families. Do I need to say that we're not in any of those families? 
the good news is in all of this that people are waking up ever so slowly as to how biased the information they have been receiving truly is. Speaking of being viewed askance, there's this little issue of the audits, the elephant in the room of the fraudulent elections. With court cases finally being heard and the people winning to be able to look at the internal workings of our elections, things aren't looking very good for those that may have been just a tad bit less than honest. It seems that our friends at Lamestream Media are breathing a sigh of relief that the Arizona audit results have not been released this week. Personally, it appears to me that this may be a way to let other audits get underway before all hell breaks loose. Well, all hell may have already broken loose. Should we say further hell breaks loose? Here's what I mean. In Georgia, the Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, <laughs> that's a name, uh, has now acknowledged that he needs to remove more than 100,000 dead or non-existent voters from the voter rolls. Keep in mind that Biden's lead was by a mere 12,000 votes. And it turns out that Stacey Abrams, who attended the Bilderberg Convention, also owns a temporary service, Happy Faces. Happy Faces is the temporary staffing agency that they use to staff all the election workers in Fulton County. They were also picked and trained by Stacey Abrams' organization. Notably, volunteers were turned away for the job. This is all coming out. These were the same poll workers that threw the poll observers out of the building, pulled suitcases full of absentee ballots from under tables, and ran the same set ballots through the machines three to four times. And that's only the beginning of the story, all while being filmed by the security cameras. But there's no evidence of any fraud. Hmm. I, I will point to these things. These things are that fraud vitiates everything. And election fraud is not a misdemeanor. It's not a felony, but treason, and that is punishable by death. So there's another problem for the mainstream media. If it is proven that there has been a complicit coordination in the cover-up, they are also guilty of treason. Now you might understand why you're seeing such a fight unfold. We shall see. Let's look at what else MSM has been covering up this week. I'll look over here and not over there. The, are you aware that the U.S. on Biden's orders bombed Iraq and Syria yesterday? Or how about this, that the pullout of Afghanistan has been halted? The Japanese deputy, Yashuhide Nakaami, I hope I'm saying that right, is warning the U.S. of a possible attack by China and Russia on Hawaii. Or that China is more than rattling sabers with Taiwan, but that they claim is part of China. Never mind that Taiwan has, been, has considered themselves an independent democratic sovereign country since 1949, and the U.S. has maintained diplomatic relationships the whole time. No, no, no. Let's just look over here at the pandemic and how safe the vaccines are and how effective, mind you. Oh, and because too many of you have looked at the CDC site, Let's alter the numbers over there. I mean, we can just resurrect a few thousand of those dead people. No one actually looks into this anyway. See, this is what the mainstream media is counting on. So let's examine a bit deeper what we're being focused on this week and why. 
why is it that the focus is on particular things? The one that looms large in our minds currently is the collapse of the condominiums in Florida. There are many different views as to what happened there, and we are dedicating tonight's show to those ideas. But let me point out that there are some other things before we dissect what actually happened, why it might have happened. My friend Robert Morningstar dropped a few little ideas. Might it be an insurance scam? The building was known to have structural issues, and it was scheduled to have repairs. Is it something on the order of the Titanic Olympic insurance fraud? Or was it the same story on a different day of the World Trade Center's insurance scam, the day that the only three steel structure buildings filled with asbestos in the world ever collapsed due to fire, all on the same day, all by at least by the same person, Silverstein? Hmm. And here are a few more dots to connect. Wasn't it a bit odd that the mayor of Surfside was meeting with Biden on the same day that the building crashed? Not a major city mayor. Odd? I think so. And on that same day, uh, Biden immediately declared a national emergency. National emergency. Why would you declare a national emergency over one building collapsing in one little city in one state? Was it to bring federal control over that region of Florida by playing the whole area, by placing the whole area under FEMA control, which supersedes Governor DeSantis's authority in that area for the duration of the national emergency? In effect, Biden has the ability to preposition federal troops in Florida should he ever wish to make a move against DeSantis. Is he establishing a position for future action? Florida a la carte, a la carte, right, I got food on the brain, a la art of war and uh, CCP strategy. As you watch all of this unfold, the question you really need to ask while we are focused over here is what is going on over there? What is it that they are covering up? And more importantly, why? Tonight, our guest, Michael Jaco, will be enlightening us on his views on what might be from from his very unique perspective tonight promises to be a very interesting show. And I, along with my co-host, Timothy Saunders and Kinthea, have very much been looking forward to it. So welcome. This is Kinthea, and uh, I'm really excited to be bringing in our guest, combat veteran Navy SEAL Michael Jaco has 24 years of experience with several SEAL teams to include the top anti-terrorist unit, SEAL team, as a master training specialist designing many courses, he designed the SEAL team's first hand-to-hand fighting course. After retiring from service, he went on to serve as a CIA security officer for 11 years, serving in the combat zones of Iraq, Afghanistan, Yemen, Pakistan, and Libya. He is the creator of Unleashing Intuition Secrets and has coached his many clients to acquire skills he has perfected through his many years of experience in a very short amount of time. His courses are designed to break through walls of resistance, propelling his clients to hyperdimensional levels of awareness, helping them to embody their multidimensional selves, allowing them to access their purpose for this lifetime, to assist in awakening 
of planet Earth. He is the author of two life-changing books, The Intuitive Warrior and The Awakening of a Warrior, where he shares his real-life stories and experiences that propelled him into his own extraordinary awakening. So welcome, Michael. Welcome to the other side of the news. So delighted. You know, before we delve deep into this topic tonight, I want to know a little bit more about the young Michael Jaco. What was your journey, that inner impulse that led you to become a Navy SEAL? And what was the impact of serving in combat zones like Libya and Iraq and Afghanistan and Yemen, were you simply drawn to a death wish? I mean, like, it's not the ordinary. So share a little bit about your journey with us because I'm so curious. Yeah, great. So as a little boy, five years old, I remember watching uh, the movie Navy Frogmen, uh, with uh, Richard Widmere, uh, and it was the same movie that uh, um, some of some of the other people that will become great seals. Uh, Marcinko would be one of those uh, that formed Seal Team Six. Richard Marcinko. So I remember seeing that movie and, and, and saying, "That's what I'm going to do when I grow up." And eventually, you know, after uh, you know sports, playing sports in high school and so forth, you know, developing my body. Uh, the whole time thinking that I'm developing, getting ready for the SEAL teams, uh, I eventually uh, joined and went into the SEAL teams, uh, went through BUDS training, and uh, went into the team. So once I'm in the teams, it's like, where's the greatest team to be in? That's SEAL Team 6. They had just formed it. And uh, then I developed myself to go to SEAL Team 6, went to SEAL Team 6. So all this time I'm training for combat. Uh, I do com- I actually do combat missions when I'm at SEAL Team 6 in the Panama invasion. Uh, and I remember thinking that this is combat, this is so easy. And then eventually mm-hmm. when I when I left the SEAL teams and went into the CIA, going into combat zones again for pretty much uh, the, you know, the entire 11 years that I was uh, with the CIA, uh, I, was, I was overseas as a contractor pretty much nine months out of the year. I was in combat zones the whole time, and I was like, you know, this is, this is not so bad because the training that I went through was so rigorous so intense uh, that the, it made the, the training uh, or made the actual combat experience uh, seem minuscule compared to what I've been through. Really? So it was, yeah, go ahead. Well, I'm just like amazed that from the age of five, you had such a clarity about what you wanted to do with your life. I mean, most people are just still trying to discover it in their thirties and forties. And here you are <laughs> at five, like you pinned it. And apparently yeah, it was and, and, so suited yeah. to you or you, what you, you really shaped yourself in a sense to be that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, then also when I was in my teenage years, I remember reading, uh, you know, the James Bond books by Ian Fleming. And I was like, that's also what I wanted. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's also what I did. So, you know, wow. we have these, uh, I want to do and uh, you know, over time, uh, we develop ourselves and uh, move into them. Uh, that's that's what I've done throughout my life. You know, I just have that super focus, and uh, and that, that focus is unstoppable. Is, uh, so it's good. 
Yeah. Wow. So I, you know, when you're in those combat zones and you're you're faced with choices that could be a life death choice in a moment, like are you tapping into some altered sense of awareness that keeps you safe? That was that was another thing that I. Uh, fortunately, was able to develop over uh, many years in the SEAL teams and CIA. Um, I remember seeing the guys from Vietnam when I first came into the SEAL teams. They were they were extremely uh, adept at uh, having their senses, you know, expanded. Some of the guys uh, were able to hear things that many of us couldn't hear uh, during training missions and uh, see things and uh, just know things, know things that were going. It's like they would say, yeah, there's going to be the ambushes up ahead. And we're like, how do you know that? And then the training cell guys would go, uh, guys, go ahead and go through that because you're supposed to experience that. <laughs> so uh, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's, it's amazing. So I wanted to develop that in myself as well, uh, the, the super sensory abilities. And uh, over time, I was able to do that. So uh, I had an Archangel Michael experience, which really expanded me quite a bit. Uh, once I left the SEAL teams and went into went – into, uh, actually, for about a year, I was uh, – uh, protecting Ambassador Bremer uh, as a as the head of the security uh, in Iraq, the uh, the most wanted man at one time. Our uh, our security detail was, was protecting him. Uh, while I was there, I had an experience of uh, like floating out of my body when I was after after falling asleep uh, in one of our um, little trailers that we had around the Saddam Hussein former palace. So I I remember feeling myself floating up, and I was like, oh, I'm out of my body. And uh, so I've always heard that when you're having an out-of-body experience, which it always wanted to do, have, uh, look down at your body so you're going to get a connection. So I looked down and I saw that I was dead. And my oh. body was uh, shattered from an explosion. Because every night we were like, you know, mortared and, and rocketed. Uh, normally you just like, you hear it in the distance and you just go back to sleep. So I was like, oh, no, I'm dead. And, you know, here I am. I'm really uh, doing this. You know, I feel like I can really serve humanity because that was my, I had remote viewing skills and uh, I, I knew things that were going to come happen before they, they did for days in advance. So I, I protected my teams and other people from, uh, you know, getting killed. So then I felt this presence uh, and I looked up and there was Archangel Michael looking at me. Can you say a little this. more what, how he appeared to you? Yeah, I just had this, I just had this, uh, this feeling of a presence. You know, after after having the sensation that, oh wow, I'm dead. You know, I'm, I'm leaving my body, going to wherever you go after you die. And uh, then I felt this presence, and I looked up, and there was Archangel Michael looking at me. So the wings wings were spread, all white. At the time, I didn't even know what archangels were, uh, so I had to do the research and finally start to figure out, you know, who that was. And uh, so. Uh, it was very interesting, but I saw this this angel, angelic being that was looking at me, uh, and I felt this love energy go. I was looking at its, its eyes. The love energy came into my eyes and, and just hit every cell in my body. Then boom, I'm back in time, back in my body, and I heard it. I kind of sat up in bed like, "What was that?" And then an explosion happened in the distance. I was like, "Ooh, whatever that was." They, I guess, they deflected the body and put me back in so that I can continue. And, and that's pretty much what happened over time. I, I realized that I've had a lot of uh, abilities that have come through from that time, remote viewing, remote influencing, and so forth. So I would know attacks that were happening happening uh, a week in advance. I'd tell my teams, uh, keep them out of danger areas, and they, the, the attacks would happen just as I uh, described them. 
So, so uh, are, you know, are you saying that after that experience, your senses became more heightened? Even more heightened from, you know, all the stuff that I'd done in, you know, training as a Navy SEAL. And, uh, you know, I, I was always a, a, someone that went out and, and went to spiritual courses. You know, I was always trying to develop myself. Uh, I you developed know, myself in a, go ahead. I was just going to say, it occurred to me we ought to put you in contact with Reverend Michael because he was out there in the Vietnam War and had very similar experiences where he knew things were going to happen and actually saved people's lives. I think you two would really enjoy each other. Kidding. Wow, that's fantastic. The others, uh, you know, that was one of the things that I felt was uh, important to share my experiences in uh, The Intuitive Warrior, uh, that I felt that other people that, you know, had had experiences like mine or had abilities like mine uh, would, because not many people talk about this. And uh, so when I, when I, when I shared the intuitive warrior, I had so many people come up to me, uh, warriors, even women, most, most people who read my book are women. Uh, uh-huh. Of course, women relate to the intuitive uh, side of this stuff. Right. Uh, men takes practice, you know, me, I'm hard at it. It took me a while. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but you now I, I wanted it. I wanted to have these abilities and uh, you don't develop them in, unless you develop that uh, right, creative, uh, intuitive side of your brain, which, you know, women uh, have nat- really naturally have that. They're not, they don't have that programmed out like men are. We're very, you know, we're trained to be very analytical, uh, you know, you know, don't trust your feelings and stuff like that. So I, you know, once I opened up to that side of myself, uh, I was able to develop those, those areas. And, uh, and I've just, you know, just zoomed ahead and done amazing things with it. Uh, more and more abilities continue to come to me. I see things now, and, mm-hmm. I, and I know that they're wrong, you know, like uh, the, the building collapse in Florida. <laughs> you know, it's like there's, mm-hmm. there's something wrong there. Wow. So I'm curious, when you went with the intuitive warrior, so it's like you mentioned, women are drawn to it too. Is this like drawing on the combat experience, but does someone have to be the kind of person that wants to be in combat, combat to sing out of this book? I mean, who, who are the people this book will really help? Yeah, it's, uh, <clears throat> that's another reason why I wanted to write the book. You don't have to be, you know, a Navy SEAL to have these abilities. You don't have to go through combat or, or extreme training like I've been through. Uh, you can develop them very easily. Uh, just anyone. I mean, I, I, I teach this uh, to, to women uh, and children and older older people. So uh, it's it's the full gamut. All of us have these abilities. It's just learning how to let go of the way we've been trained. It's like you know we're basically trained to not have these abilities, to uh, you know mask these abilities, to uh, push these abilities down, and uh, unlearning the things that we've been taught to basically um, suppress them. Uh, becomes the the real challenge, uh, but once once you like I said, if you desire these abilities, you know it's just very easy to tap into them. Uh, guys Will like they me, help with you know, relationships. I mean, like you know, family relationships, helping to understand other people where they're coming from, so that you can be more harmonious with them, or or get them to understand you, or see something they may not want to see. Yeah, that, and that's the beauty of being in, uh, intuitive. Uh, we all, like I said, we all have these abilities. I, I remember as a young man, the, the women would be like, "Why don't you know what I want?" 
I was like, how, how is that possible? <laughs> but now I know. I, I understand that uh, that thinking, you know, because I can tap into that. It's like I know what you want now. So uh, that's that's one thing. You know, so definitely the relationships are, are much 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 better. Uh, I've, I've uh, I went through relationship after relationship uh, as a young Navy SEAL, and uh, that's that's one of the things that unfortunately is uh, a big problem for SEALs. You know, we're seventy uh, percent uh, attrition rate for the marriages, but uh, as I develop my intuition, uh, it's it's not been a problem as far as like you know uh, having a relationship that's in and out, in and out, in and out. Uh, so that's 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 one of the beautiful beautiful things about that. You learn how to attract yourself. Uh, the type of person that you know fits you, uh, you, you can see them, you understand them, uh, and then once you're in a relationship, uh, for me, I'm not so rigid. You know that used to be very, very rigid and uh, focused, and uh, you know all of us have, have known people like that. Uh, but I, and I can do that uh, on certain certain occasions for certain things. But uh, I've learned to be very open. There, I, I love to be observant of uh, other people uh, and what they what they want, what they desire, uh, and I start to tune into that. I can tune into anyone very quickly and easily, and work with anyone uh, very easily now. And, and that's one of the that's another beauty of being intuitive and, and having your uh, your right brain, your creative side of your brain, you know, open to uh, these these. Mm-hmm. And it's wonderful any of these things. What I'm hearing is a, a beautiful balance between the right brain, left brain, the being receptive yeah. and being assertive. And, you know, it, it because just, you know, forcing, trying to force things, you know, right brain just domineering doesn't work and just lying down and let someone walk all over you, that doesn't work either. So I'm seeing this beautiful mm-hmm. balance between the two where the two, qualities that are within us are supporting each other to be to be more harmonious and and more uh on purpose with our life absolutely and uh you know that was you know i had little bits of that you know growing up but uh understanding them on a deeper level as i matured and, and started to tap into these these abilities these intuitive abilities really propelled me uh to amazing uh levels of consciousness and capabilities. I imagine the soldiers that were working with you, the, the, the SEAL team, they were really grateful. You probably saved their lives so many times. They're like, oh, listen to him. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a little challenging because you have a lot of alpha males uh, in, the, in the groups that I've worked with. Uh, a lot of guys, you know, believe that they're, their techniques, their abilities, the way they think, that's that's the way it is. They, they got to that point, and they believe that they're right. So uh, convincing people that, uh, you know, that you have a better plan, a better way, can be a little challenging sometimes. Mm-hmm. But uh, definitely uh, a, lot of, a lot of people, whether they be SEAL, whether they were SEALs or the, the CIA case officers that I worked with over the years, uh, once I started to uh, share my abilities and they, they saw what I could do and what I was tapping into a lot of, some of them would say, I don't understand what you're doing. I don't believe in it, but if you tell me not to go down this road or be in this certain place at a certain time, I'm listening. <laughs> like I yeah. can work with that. So, yeah. uh, but, but you know, there were a few uh, occasions where guys, you know, uh, and often, you know, team guys would uh, come up to me and say, 
I want to do that, you know, and and that's great because I you know, then I would then I would teach them. It's uh it's actually quite easy. Wow, what an experience! I know I want to get the book. I want to get both books. I want to let everyone know, huh? I want to just mention your websites, and then we're going to go to break. Uh, Michael's websites are michaelkjaco.com, and all of this is on the website. And then he has a Telegram channel called Unleashing Intuition Secrets, and another website, Unleashing. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Yeah. UnleashingIntuition.com, UnleashingIntuition.com. You're listening to The Other Side of the News. Our guest tonight is Michael Jaco. He is a demolitions expert in a Navy Navy SEALs team. And co-hosting with me are Timothy Saunders and Annette Driscoll. And this is Kinthea. And we shall return after the break. Well, I think you're looking with this great reset, you're looking at Mr. Globaloni's efforts to move everybody into a cashless society, which, you know, like it or not, that's a one-way mirror, folks. Because at that point, you're not dealing with a currency, you're dealing with a corporate coupon that they can adjust the value of at the push of a button, depending on whether or not you're good little boys and girls. And if you're getting into a system where all of the infrastructure of financial clearing is in the hands of the bankers, that's not a system you want to go into. You look at the West, and more importantly, if you look at what some people call the Anglosphere, the, the Western powers that are English speaking, the United Kingdom, Canada, United States, and so on. I do think it's the case there. They're using a health crisis really to drive a, a political agenda. And the health crisis itself is largely blown way, way out of proportion to what's actually the case. If you look at what Mr. Globalone is up to, they are recreating slavery. And the, the thing that is unique about slavery is they now have the means of perfecting the capital because now they can literally implant your body with the means to track you. It's not going to go away overnight, but there are already uh, I think some hopeful signs of cracks beginning to appear in the edifice. This is Joseph P. Farrell. And for all the news the media doesn't like you to hear, tune in to the other side of the news. Welcome back to the other side of the news. Tonight's show is Demolishing Lies, and our special guest is Michael Jaco. And I am here with my co-host, 
Kintia and Timothy Saunders. And we left off uh, getting a little bit of background on Michael. And now I'd like to take us around to where I started out with the intro, asking maybe what your feelings are, Michael, on maybe the whys of what's happening. Jumping ahead, just presuming at this point that it was intentional, uh, and, and saying, well, what could be the why if it was intentional? And what would be the, uh, you know, what would be the reason behind this? Do you see anything or are you, you know, do you have a remote viewing things or anything like that? Yeah, I like the way you uh, you went into it. Uh, there's, there's definitely uh, a possibility of something there. Uh, when I remote view it, I see that, uh, you know, there's, there's absolutely uh, a controlled demolition event, uh, probably uh, directed energy weapon or, or something even more high tech that's involved in this. Uh, there's, you know, as a Navy SEAL, you know, demolitions expert in SEAL Team 6, you know, I did uh, lots of demolitions. I can, I can pop open the door with a, with a very small amount of demolition, or I can blow the, the, the corner off a, you know, rebar building and turn, turn what I just blew away to dust particles, you know. So there's, uh, there's definitely, when I saw 9-11, uh, the collapse of the buildings, I was like, well, somebody got in there and did, you know, demolitions. There's no way that building could have would, would collapse with just a jet, you know, uh, crashing into it like that. Uh, so I, I looked at what happened in Florida, and at first I thought it was just the front of front of the building uh, falling away. And I, I instantly knew that that was there was something suspect about that. Uh, the demolition uh, that was was used in the building when we saw that one video, uh, the the building collapsing in on itself and then falling down, and there's hardly any rubble at all uh, strewn around, uh, it's, it's definitely a, a controlled demolition. There's, there's no question whatsoever. And if anyone should say differently, they're misdirecting for some reason. So either the people that are coming forward right now and are saying that maybe there was you know, some collapse because of water damage or something like that, they're, they're not being truthful. You know, there's, there's absolutely no basis on, uh, you know, water damage causing uh, buildings to collapse in on themselves and there's hardly any rubble left so there's uh definitely some problems going on so why why would they do it uh i, I think your your ideas uh, might have merit uh that biden might be trying to come down there uh to you know start taking federal action because we're starting to see that from the mayor from the mayor i saw right away when she started talking uh as intuitive you can look at people and go if they're truthful or not, and she was definitely not truthful to me, and I, I thought I felt very, very strongly she's corrupted. Uh, so when you said that she, she was, I didn't know that she was talking to Biden that day. I was like, aha. Uh-huh. So it, uh, it, it makes sense. You know, other buildings, in fact, they come to a building today and they moved everyone out of that building. So they've had that; those buildings were constructed just like all the other buildings, pretty much throughout Florida. Buildings, some buildings that are still standing like they're 100 years old, same process. They've lasted. There's no reason for, a building. Well, you know, maybe a building will, will collapse, a portion of a building will collapse, a portion of a building fell, but not whole buildings, and they don't fall in on themselves. It's, it's common sense that something happened here that's not normal. Mm, yeah, I, I mean... From, from my perspective, which is, I'm not an expert, but I, I'm always looking around going, well, 
what's the, you know, when something's created and, and I, I'm going from the presumption that it was, and that is my, maybe my gut, my instinct, but it's also kind of an observational thing. I, uh, I have seen buildings collapse. I was around for the 1989 earthquake in San Francisco, and I can assure anyone who wasn't there, the buildings do not collapse on their footprint. They collapse very um, violently, and they spew uh, hmm, debris everywhere. Uh, they, they fall lopsided. They, they fall in sections. They hold for a second, and another section falls, different things like that. They don't look anything like what we're seeing in these this building. Uh, so that's why I say, well, I'm not an expert, however, anecdotally, I can say, well, that just doesn't look right at all, knowing what I know. So that's where I am with that. Uh, but to also, I look around and I, you know, there's so many other things going on. Uh, I, I, I hesitate where to start because I know you probably want to bring up certain things in certain order. But uh, what would you say um, about that? Like when someone says, well, it was, it was a, um, you know, it, it occurred because of a structural issue and you're observing these other things. So what, what would your points be as you bring that up uh, to kind of counter that? Well, going, going back to the uh, 1989 earthquake in San Francisco, remember that, that freeway system uh, that pancaked on itself. Mm -hmm. it, it crushed the people in their cars and so forth. Mm -hmm. But it didn't, wasn't uniform. Uh -uh. You know, there's, yeah, so there were, there were portions where you know, people survived. There are portions where people definitely crushed, uh, you know, pancakes completely. Uh, but it didn't, like, justify. Well, there like are places where it kind of slid off. Uh, I mean, it, it did yeah. all kinds of things. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's all over yeah. the place. I mean, it was, yeah. some places didn't get, you know, didn't collapse. And other places, you know, completely collapsed or fell, fell off to the side like you're talking about. And that's, that's the way a, a building, you know, would, would collapse. Like, like, like I was talking about, if I wanted to structurally take down a building, we've seen this, this happen in controlled demolitions uh, throughout, throughout the world, throughout time, where, you know, they start to take out the, the structural uh, integrity of the building, and then they collapse it in on itself. Uh, there's, there's very little debris left because the, the, the demolitions, like I was talking about, can, uh, can turn stuff into powder, into dust, uh, if you have the right demolitions. So I, I've done that. I've seen that. And, uh, and when I saw 9-11 happening, uh, it was very obvious to me. Uh, I was like, somebody got inside. So I'm thinking, when I'm looking at it, I'm like, terrorists got inside? How did they get inside? <laughs> like, that, that doesn't make sense. Uh, someone would have noticed. And uh, so, you know, over time, we start to, you know, hear different things where, you know, the, one of the Bush uh, brothers or cousins or whatever, you know, had the uh, security business and they pulled the, the bomb sniffing dogs out two weeks before uh, the actual 9-11. So you're having all of these things start to come through. So what's going to come through on these buildings that will give us indicators? We don't know yet. But we can. But we do know that they, they've almost had a complete blackout of information about these buildings. You know, mm -hmm. we, we've had uh, one structural engineer talking about, you know, there, there's, there's nothing. There's, he was almost telling them there's nothing there, something – something else happened there's no there's no way that these buildings collapsed in on themselves like they did he's a very brave man but we haven't seen anyone else step up like that so, so i he, wonder why that is. if i was listening to the same if i was listening to the same interview of the the structural engineer he was very he was parsing his words very very carefully yeah. 
Absolutely. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, it, it, and he, he basically said, look, we have all these buildings all over Florida that have stood mm-hmm. for many, many decades. Uh, right. This this kind of stuff, uh, hundreds and hundreds of these buildings all over the place, and then all of a sudden this one, and it, it just and it falls like I mean the the other thing is that what strikes me is the amount of time it took to go from I'm standing there like a normal building to I am not a building anymore within seconds. Uh, right. Like free I fall. said, yeah, free fall. Sure. Like I said, I, I have actually witnessed buildings falling and do that. Uh, they just don't. They they come down in chunks and they kind of creak and groan and try to hang on and then another part falls and. <laughs> Very yeah, hey, that's common sense. Uh-huh. So things don't fail at the same time all over the place. If there's some kind of problem, like they're going to try and privately claim because they see they're they're pulling up the uh, the water issue. I, I've seen the videos on the morning issue. I was looking at them during the break, and uh, it's like, oh, that's a maybe a busted pipe so what you know pipes bust over time uh there's lots of lots of reasons that pipe would bust over time so i mean the building's 40 40 years old uh you're going to have those problems and uh but it's not going to affect the uh structural integrity of the entire of several buildings not just one building but several buildings let's say for instance maybe it affected one area of the you know the structure uh and that failed then you, like we're talking about, you would have the building, that part, portion of the building collapse. Maybe it would pull the other portion of the building, but it wouldn't all fall at free fall speed. It would, it would fall, you know, gradually over time. And other parts would fall, then other parts would fall. And, uh, you know, it, it just, and then when it fell, there would be a lot of debris everywhere. And people would be running and people would be surviving more than they did on this one. It's like, they, you know, we have like still I think 145 people that are still missing. They're pancaked in that that debris. You know? Yeah, so and, that's, uh, yeah, and and like the pool umbrellas are are damage free. I mean, the, the canvas it mm-hmm. doesn't it doesn't even yeah. have a debris shower hitting it. There's there's nothing. Um, and yeah. and uh, I mean, I, I don't mean to, to, you know, tell me if I'm getting out of order here or something. But you know, can we talk about some of the other things, the, some of the other anomalies around this building, like the car? Uh, issue with the, the uh, relocation of cars. I'll say that. Do I go in there, uh, or, or should I wait on that? Because <laughs> I, I, I'm very curious what you have to say about that. It's commentary. So we just start to, uh, you know, just like uh, there were, you know, thousands and thousands of cars, or I think 1,400 cars, 14 plus under cars uh, that were toasted on uh, 9/11. So obviously, directed energy weapons. Direct, direct, directed energy weapons used in California has been uh, actually seen on uh, on some of the satellite video uh, through IR satellite video. So we're 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 seeing you know we're we're seeing the things that they're saying you know lightning lightning strikes in California. No, there's there's no storms, and uh, then you're trying to claim it's a you know uh, you know lightning strike. We we know you guys are using directed energy weapons uh, well, to start these fires. Right. Well, I mean, I, I live I live in Northern California, and uh, for example, the night of the uh, I think it was 2017, the, the night of the uh, Napa fires. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember I woke up because I, it, I I was living on a boat and I smelled all of this. Uh, it smelled like a giant campfire, and mm-hmm. and I got up and uh, well, I come to find out that all of these 
uh, fires had started all, thir 13 different fires started at the same moment, essentially, in time, without any storms. And then I have friends that had photographs of, this wasn't lightning, this was straight out, looked like a gigantic laser coming down, straight down. Yeah. And they, they had captured these shots and these, you know, these were real pictures. And uh, yeah. then there's, then there's the, the problem with, you know, so uh, I had a, a friend who actually lives in Santa Rosa in the, in the neighborhood that was right next to the one that got burnt. But the thing is, is that the, it was literally a line that was drawn and some, there's a, there's a, some houses and stuff where half the house is cut in half, half of it's burned, half of it's standing. Well, everyone knows a right. fire doesn't burn like that. So and, and the tree standing around and not harmed, yeah. not, not touched. There's supposed it, to be a, a, a fire that's raging and, and causing all these fires. Yeah. Right. So, it, it's, so it's a lot of people that it's uh, these these are not just normal anomalies. These are uh, these are you know choreographed. Uh, you know they they use their they're using advanced weapons, which for all of us should be like here. That's available. We could be using that. Right? <laughs> no, but they're using it against us uh, in these, in these, uh, in, in, for for evil purposes instead of you know for uh, for the good of humanity. Uh, they're trying to control us, put us in fear, and so forth. So it's it's very very frustrating. Uh, you, you talk about uh, cars that were flipped. Uh, I thought you know because I'm looking for all all the different things. I, I saw that one car was flipped, and I pointed it out, and then someone pointed out to me. That that had fallen from uh, an upper level garage, so you know, not not so close. But another anomaly they had, which we had in 9/11, were uh, the smoking and uh, and fires that were you know still burning uh, for years, for years afterwards. There were still fires burning uh, and smoldering. So uh, these that's not normal, you know. So but they they cover all this stuff up. So they're covering up, you know, whatever's going on there. I remember seeing some pictures that were like very, very graphic. I could get a lot of information from them. I went back to look for them again. They're gone. You can't find them anymore. So they're covering up the evidence already. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and I, about the fires going on for a long time, that also happened in Paradise and uh, oh yeah, like that yeah. in Paradise, California. So. Mm -hmm. You know, we're looking at a lot of that. I, I can tell uh, people, uh, I don't have, um, I, I can't say a whole bunch, but I uh, I was involved, dated a guy years ago who was a uh, electronics genius, inventor kind of guy. And uh, he absolutely knew quite a bit about directed energy weapons and was taking it way past where what they already knew. They already knew quite a bit. And... Um, he, I knew that he was being courted, by the way, by the Chinese. And one day he called me and he said, uh, yeah, I'm going to China and you won't hear from me again. And I never have. It's been about 12 years. But when someone says to me that these things don't exist and they're not using them, I, you know, no, BS, okay, that it absolutely exists. It, it is real. Mm -hmm. it, and uh, it, you're just in denial if you think that, that they don't have that technology because it, it does exist. Whether they're using it or not, or why they're using it, these are the questions. But the reality is, is that it is out there. So. Yeah. And, and yes, they're they're definitely using them, and it's ongoing. You know, they're 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 using them all over the world. Uh -huh. You know, in uh, ways. So they they have advanced technology. Uh, they well, they manipulate the technology for for evil ways, which is uh, very frustrating. 
Yeah, so can we talk a little bit about, so people can recognize the science, because uh, the, the hallmarks of this technology, for example, that it, it, it melts, it, it you know, creates heat from the inside out, um, that it affects metals, but not plastic or rubber, it, it, you know, the temperatures, right. things My like that. Could you go into a little bit about that? Yeah, the microwave technology, just like you're describing, it, it heats things from the, uh, the inside out. Uh, just like your normal microwave, uh, you put food in it, you put it in a plastic or a glass container, uh, and then it's, uh, you know, if you put it in a metal container, it's going to like spark and cause a lot of problems. So you know that you don't do that. So like, we're, for instance, in Paradise and, you know, the Napa fires and so forth, they would have uh, houses that would burn to the ground, to ash, nothing left. But if there was plastic around, it would still be there. If there was a plastic uh, playground, like a kid's little, little children's uh, playground right next to there with this supposedly super high heat, uh, it would be untouched. It would be no problem. Uh, but yet you'll see cars that, you know, that the brake uh, pads are melted. Uh, they're, they're melted and, and the, the, like strewn across the, the, the pavement uh, mm -hmm. in puddles. Uh, the glass is gone. The glass is melted. The, the seats are, are melted. Uh, every the engine blocks are melted, so that that happened in 9/11 too. All of these, all the same technology uh, that was used then is still being used, you know, still to this day. And it's uh, it's, it's very frustrating, like I said, to see it, but it's 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 there. They're using it. Uh, how long are they will they continue to use it against us? As long as we stay asleep to it. So that's that's why we have to uh, you know have these these wonderful shows. Uh, we help awaken more people. Uh, we get enough people saying no more of this, uh, turning our backs against the people that, you know, are, are starting to uh, to run the show. Like what's going to happen in Florida, like you talked about. Why would they be doing it? So maybe they could get a, a federal involvement uh, in an area where they are losing all control. Everyone, Almost everyone's moving to Florida, myself included. I live in California. I was disgusting with California. We recalled Gavin Newsom. He's still there. Uh, and now we're being told that it's going to be maybe September. Why so long? Uh, what, what's going to happen, you know, up to that point <laughs> that they're going to try, uh, you know, turn that around? So, you know, these guys have plans. Uh, the only way that we uh, overcome their plans is to understand their game. So one of their games is using this high technology weaponry and using it against us to cause fear, to use it as a control mechanism like they did in 9-11. So they uh, took us to war. They took us to, and I can tell you, uh, I've been in a lot of wars. I've been in a lot of countries where fighting was going on. And I looked around, I was like, we could take this country in like a few months. Why is it still going on for years? <laughs> it's, it's insane. All of us ask us questions. And so uh, it makes a lot more money. <laughs> because they're making money. It's, it's, a, it's a racket, you know? Uh, it's uh, they're they're making money. Uh, are they going to make money off of the Florida lie that they're going to start to push? Uh, maybe maybe that's the reason. Maybe it's multiple reasons. Maybe it's the the control issue that you were talking about, which sounds very plausible. Or and or it could be because they're going to try and you know crash the economy in those areas and buy everything up. Kind of like what they're they're doing in Portland, Oregon. You know, having having their Antifa thugs. You know, cause a lot of problems there while 
their buddies in the Democrat Party allow this these problems to continue because they're all going to profit off of it. Uh, they're going to drive. They're driving down the prices. Who wants to buy in Portland? No one. <laughs> Everyone wants to sell. So you, uh, depending on how long this goes on, you're going to be able to buy very, very cheap in Portland, Oregon, which is one. Which I remember going there uh, before I went into the steel teams. I was a hard hat diver before I went into the steel teams, and uh, uh, my ship went up there and we did like a display, uh, Portland Rose Festival. I thought that Portland was one of the most beautiful cities that I've ever been to. That was back in. 1980, so a long time ago. Uh, but uh, you know, it is. I, I went there maybe about seven or eight years ago, and I was like, "Oh, what happened?" And now it's like you know, much much worse. Because we're seeing that these guys uh, in this 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 corrupt uh, Democrat party can can really destroy cities. Uh, very very, uh, they're, they're masters of it. It's uh, it's amazing the way they'll come in and, and just basically take a city that was once like Detroit, uh, one of the, the most beautiful cities in the world, and turn it into one of the worst cities in the world. So it's well, uh, it, and, and, it, and even with, right behind it right now is San Francisco. I mean, and that's that's like a, a jewel that has just been destroyed. You know, yeah. so hmm. very true. Yeah. So hmm. so uh, in your opinion. What's your what's your overall view of what what if you had to summarize what you think the happened in Florida? What would you what what would you hang your hat on at this point from what data you've gathered so far? So it looks like somehow, just like in nine uh, eleven, because uh, there was uh, people were reporting uh, that people were drilling. Uh, there was uh, work that was going on in the buildings. Um, long before uh, 9/11 happened, months months before, it was uh, it was happening in the middle of the night. Um, some floors were basically closed off, uh, and as as a demolition expert, I can tell you that they were basically planting charges in the steel structures and the in the, the center uh, structures of uh, the buildings. So that's uh, somehow they did that in Florida. So how did how did they do that? How did they do that without people knowing? Uh, there's many ways they can do that. They can rent out those, uh, they can rent out a condo and put, uh, like I've used, uh, shape charges. And I talk about how, uh, on one of my shows, how I would do this. Um, there's, there's techniques to bringing in uh, uh, demolitions and stuff like that would be completely, no one would know. Uh, luggage, it can come in luggage, uh, no, no problem. Uh, over time, you bring up enough uh, demolitions, you create what's called a shape charge where, uh, I, I, I created a manhole cover one time. Uh, there's like a formula you use, uh, depending on the weight of the, uh, the metal, um, disc that you use, uh, you put uh, demolition behind it and you cone it, and then you put your charge on the end of it. Uh, and then when, once it goes off, it creates a molten slug, which once it hits stuff, it just powderizes it. Uh, that could be one way that they came in and, uh, and took out this building. So I, I don't know the structure of the building, uh, you know, but I can tell you that I don't care what, what a structure is, you know, the demolition experts, I'll come in and figure it out and, and have a formula and, and know exactly where I need to put my demolition. Uh, so I, I would rent out, you know, condos possibly, uh, and, or, or buy them. You know, these guys, money is no object. 
they, they have lots of money. So they're, uh, and I've seen it uh, in my years in the, in the CIA. I've seen these guys operate uh, on, the, on the backside. So they, they come in and, and do that, uh, set up uh, demolitions. That's somehow they got in and did that in this building. So when I when I saw 9/11, so how did they get in and do that? And you know, like I said, over time we we, we found out you know what had happened. Oh, I so, do have um, some I do have some photographs uh-huh. inside the the steel structure of them. Uh, these boxes they were from a Chinese freight company. I'm trying to think of the name, but they don't ship to this country. But there they were. They labeled, uh, and they were, um, yeah, it, it was uh, demolition material. It was clear from what they were showing in the photo. And they were inside the structure, mm-hmm. so it was definitely in there. I mean, there, there are there is a little bit of a photo documentation of this. Um, oh, okay. unless, unless I have a fake photo, I don't think so, because um, you know it looks it looks like it looks like a pretty um, pretty pretty real as far as that goes. I don't know. I could send it, but it uh, yeah, there there are. And then the, the odd thing about it is that these boxes are shipped in from a shipping company that does not ship to the United States. So the question wow. on the on the labels on the boxes is, how did that mm-hmm. get here? You know. <laughs> so yeah. Well, this, they, is how, this is stuff together, you know. Uh, you know, patriots like you and I, we're we're like we're what? Where's the, where's the evidence? You know, we we know we know something happened here. Now let's find the evidence. So of course, like we're saying, you know, they're they're covering up the best that they can. So now we have to like you know do our research. I, I would like to just drive over there and like look for myself and see if I see the evidence uh, that I normally would see for, uh, you know, directed energy weapons, uh, you know, the twisted metal uh, in certain ways, uh, the, you know, all, all of the different things that happen with uh, directed energy weapons. And, um, you know, I can see that from a distance or you mm-hmm. come in with, bi- with binos or whatever. So I don't know why we're not getting pictures like that. It doesn't well, make I- sense to me. Well, it makes sense if you're around. trying to cover. It makes sense if you're trying to cover it up, but you know. absolutely. And and like we're seeing, they're already, you know, starting to uh, condemn other buildings. So it sounds like, you know, I I, I love the the analysis uh, that that happened before that where you know is Biden planning on sending federal troops down there to uh, you know start to because I mean you could you could go throughout Florida, throughout Florida, not just in that area. Mm-hmm. So if they start to like they're already doing, they're starting to find buildings that they're condemning. Uh, it's it's not a big stretch to to figure out that they're probably going to push this uh, to other areas of Florida. Well, we believe it or not, are at the top of the hour. <laughs> so we're going to need to come back after a break. But uh, this is Michael Jaco is our guest tonight in our show is demolishing lies and we are the other side of the news and we will be returning after the break the other side of the news is a current and dynamic companion to augment the discussions from the other side of midnight we investigate explore and extrapolate facts to gain better understanding of current affairs and events and thus to bring comfort and calm to our wide international The other side of midnight.com. Talk radio with pictures on demand. 
liberate your hyperdimensional time scale and non-linearly access over 400 hours of conversation at the cutting edge of science and thought. Join Club 19.5 to get access to exclusive content that fits your interests and time schedule. Photo episodes by guest or subject. Membership costs $9.95 a month, 33 cents a day. Talk radio with pictures on demand. The other side of midnight.com. So suddenly they discovered this thing called deuterium. They've actually shown studies that depleting the water by 30% actually makes mice thrive and grow faster and increasing the deuterium in water by 30% kills them. So in every liter of water, there's approximately six drops of deuterium. Well, if we were to put six drops of cyanide in our water, we probably wouldn't make it. A poison is a poison. Now, this is an isotope, so this is a radioactive, but it is stable. But I believe deuterium serves many, many, many purposes. The history, really, what we should know is the global must have an agenda. And their agenda is to keep us as dumbed down as possible and so we don't recognize what they do and we comply. Part of the way of doing that is keeping it sick. Most water is about 155. But anything about 120 actually can affect us from literally a psychosis level and affecting our pineal gland and our pituitary gland. And of course our right brain. So what happens is Excess deuterium makes it sick. Even on the National Institute Health website, they talk about deuterium helping propagate leukemia. And that's them admitting it. They always have to disclose their BS. That's them admitting it. So you can imagine the other things that it does to our body. We don't resonate. We don't sleep very well. I think it is the single biggest tool that the globalist, the cabal, is the biggest tool they have that puts us in a state that we don't recognize anything and we don't resonate and vibrate at the highest level possible. Hello, Lewis Herms here. Wow, what a fantastic time on the other side of the news with the eclectic cast What incredible information, and I was so happy to be here.
And welcome back. My name is Timothy Saunders, co-hosting with Annette Driscoll and Kintia. You're listening to The Other Side of the News. Tonight's show, if you didn't get it by now, is called Demolishing Lies with Michael Jacob. So, guys, you've set up a very good foundation on which to spring forward on. I do have some observations myself, and I also have quite a few questions to you, Michael, as well. Uh, where should we start? <laughs> uh, I think one of, the, one of the first things I'd like to say is that we should mention that while we're sitting comfortably and talking about, you know, speculating about uh, the information that's coming forward, that a number of people died and a number of people are most likely still trapped in between these pancake floors. And I think even last night there was... Uh, uh, two children, two young children, the body sound from two young children, which apparently belonged to uh, the fire, a member of the fire brigade in Miami. So I would like to say that everything we're saying, we are saying in respect and with respect to people who are, you know, clearly not in a, a happy state at the moment. There'll be a lot of, you know, families connected, other people working around the clock in order to make this work. So I don't want to sit here glibly and say, oh, it was a particle weapon and blah, 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 without paying respect to them first. So moving forward from that point, uh, I guess I, I have a, let's just go from, from the top. I mean, early in the week, uh, Robert Morningstar, a uh, good friend and sparring partner, when we sort of brainstorm on issues like this, sent me some video and, uh, and some observations and shared his thoughts. Uh, I was part of Richard Hoagland's show last weekend, and we also discussed this, this disaster uh, very soon after it had happened. And Richard asked my opinion, and I said, I think it looks like, um, what can I say, natural causes. In other words, I did not see any evidence of uh, sort of heat-raised particle weapons, you know, unusual circumstances. But clearly, the building did come down. And there must be some catalyst that, that made this event occur. And so that, that was kind of where I parked it on the weekend. But the information that, that Morningstar sent me and his observations he shared with me uh, early in the week, the beginning of the week, he was saying, did you see these flashes? And so I, I sort of looked more carefully than before at the video and I slowed it down and enlarged it and played it forwards, backwards, you know, a number of times. And indeed, the video I was looking at, the, should we say, the, the wing of the building on the left-hand side, the part that fell first, there were indeed some sort of lighter areas, bright flash. Yeah, the perception is it's a flash because it appears like the light comes on and then it goes off. But in fact, it, it's, it's very, very interesting the way this video has been released because we're talking like every, every movement of my uh, keyboard is like a fraction of a second forwards, a fraction of a second backwards. So 
if you go right to the very, very beginning of the video, the introduction of the video is black. There's a black background. And then the very first frame, the first video frames that come onto the screen show the lights or these bright lights on. And these are on the, sort of the upper floors on the left-hand side of the first building that, that falls, the first part of the building that falls. So if you watch it, then your perception is that is a flash. It is like it could be an explosive. It could be a, an electrical flash. But it could also be a floodlight or a, an electrical light that is on already. But the video starts at the point where it suddenly comes on against the black background. So the impression is it gives you a flash. So I was discussing that with Robert for quite some time. And the, where I paused my thought at that point was, yeah, we need to get video, more video, like even fractions of a second before the video we had in our hand. And throughout the week, I had not managed to find any more video. And I don't believe anybody else in our, our group have found it either. Now, it's fascinating. If that video from the security camera had been cut, or should we say released, with even like a fraction of a second more at the beginning, then we could easily establish that that was a light that was already on, or actually two lights that were already on, shining brightly into the camera lens, or it was indeed a flash. So I think it's very interesting that security camera has been cut at that point. It, it really reminded me of the footage that sort of was released after the Pentagon was hit by something uh, on 9-11. But again, I'm not looking to connect those events yet. Then um, we go through later in the week and again, looking at more video, even up to yesterday evening. Uh, it's already morning here for me, Saturday morning. So looking more carefully on the, on the second part of the building that fell, lower down on the, again, on the left-hand side, uh, probably at the fourth floor, fifth floor, I'm guessing, I don't know, I didn't count it, I, I couldn't really establish it, but let's just say in the lower half, for sure, say around the fourth floor, 12-story building, there is a definite flash which looks like some sort of pyrotechnic event. Now, that has a white color flame, and white, when I saw it, it reminded me of the sort of color of light that you'd get from magnesium ribbon burning, which, uh, if, if you don't know, it's an incredibly bright white color. And to me, that either comes down to, could it be electrical? Could it be like a, like a buzz bar or like a main feed uh, to the electricity grid that is pulling away from a wall, perhaps short-circuiting, just before the building fell, and there's a massive spark. But again, my question, are electrical sparks white or are they slightly blue? I don't know. Um, so, Michael, my first question to you is, did you see those flashes? And can you offer me, with all of your experience from demolition and explosives and so on, can you offer me any, any feedback with regards to the color of the flame or was it an electrical flash? you think? So it, did, it didn't appear to be electrical flashes. It could have been lights that were on that were like, like perhaps being, um, you know, thrown, uh, thrown around as the building like moved uh, and vibrated and started collapse. They could have mm -hmm. been, you know, whatever the camera was, was picking that up. 
And on the top of the building, you'll notice there's like a splashes. That's probably aircraft uh, warning lights up there. Sure. That, so that clearly flashes. Yeah. Okay. And you know, well, we we know that they're working on the on the roof of the building as well. And they've used you know working on buildings before, like we saw in Notre Dame, where you know they had the fire there. So there's uh there's always something like that that uh, gives us gives them room. Uh, to come in and, and do their work. So the fl- when I look at the flashes, um, there is a possibility because we saw flashes in uh, 9-11 in some of the buildings mm. and uh, some of the, uh, uh, you know, extruding uh, windows and stuff from glass. So yes. it was yeah. very obvious some of the firemen that were in the area who knew what, you know, uh, you know buildings collapsing in on, on themselves and explosions were, they said, and we heard explosions, boom, 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 boom. Mm-hmm. And we, we have heard, you know, a lot of people come out and say, I heard thunder clap. And then everything started to shake. So we, we were hearing from multiple people about this thunder clap, louder than probably anything they've heard. One, one gentleman was talking about how he thought he was, uh, first he thought there was a, a massive storm which is not unusual in Florida around this time frame uh, during the rainy season. But he also started to feel the rumbling. He was like, I must be in a dream. Like, I must be in California. There's an earthquake happening. So there's, uh, you know, some people that have had experiences uh, with a lot of this stuff, uh, you know, with thunderstorms, with, you know, um, being in earthquakes before, uh, we're, we're, we're having the sensation of, uh, you know, having these experiences. But the, the very large uh, thunderclap uh, that everybody heard initially, and then the building started mm-hmm. to fall. So okay, it appears Michael, to me that... I, I don't wish close. to cut your words, but can we focus on the flash mm-hmm. first? And also, can we separate 9-11 from the Florida event? Because I think merging them is confusing at the moment. Did, did you see the flashes on the top left of the building? I agree, are mm-hmm. most likely lamps or flood lamps or aircraft lights or working lights. I agree with those because you can actually see them swinging around on the cables after the building has gone down. The color temperature is very similar. But did you see the flash on around the fourth floor on the right-hand side of the second part of the building that fell? Did you see that flash? Yes. A couple of floors that actually had uh, what appeared to be flashes. Well, I, I and, think uh, that... the upper ones had like point lights. And I think the, mm-hmm. the, the, why I'm drawing attention particularly to the one around the fourth floor is because it, in shape, it had a shape like a, like a firework going off. So it was like a V-shape, right. a V-shape of sparkly, could be light, could be flame. That's what I'm wondering. It could be light with particles flying through it, you know, like moths around a lamp, which I think is unusual. Or it could actually be a, like a real pyrotechnic type um, event did, did you see that one yeah and and i agree with your assessment but you know like you stated uh the it seems like there might be uh a, a suspect video here you know because we we saw we didn't see uh, a frames from the much before uh we just saw you know the frame uh and then it's like you know the, the, it seems like the you know the structure is starting to happen already uh, and then uh, we see other other pieces uh, as we, we interpret them. Now, I know you don't want to go back to 9/11, but you know we have to use 9/11 because it has uh, instances 
uh, of the same similarities. So if you look, remember the, the plane crashing into the building, we all looked at that plane like, there's something wrong with that. It doesn't, a plane would break up and, you know, come to pieces as it, as it cracked into a building, but it just seemed to disappear into the building. So we didn't understand uh, computer-generated information back then like we do now. So some of the stuff we're seeing right now, I believe, with this building, uh, because of the uh, the technolo- technological advance that, that I have seen over my time, uh, you, you look at the uh, Bin Laden raid where uh, my old compadres from Silicon Six came in and did that raid. Uh, remember, they had the uh, you know stealth technology on uh, the Hilo, and no one knew that that existed. I knew that existed. It just exists on other stuff, but most people in the world did not know at that time that stealth technology existed. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that out there. There's a lot of high technology information that's beyond our comprehension that they're using. And uh, so when you see stuff like this, well, was this bi- and this video is very suspect to me because, uh, and, and if you hear the sound on it, it's like from someone's apartment or something, uh, condo, and it's just a, it seems to be a camera that's looking out. Kind of like the, uh, the 9-11 videos. It's like, it's, the, the videos are in uh, a position that is very suspect, was always suspect to me uh, that they had the clarity because it was long before uh, we had cell phones like we do now. So anyone could pull out a cell phone real quick and, you know, get a, get a video. So uh, this was a video that was running. It sounds like they're facing away from the destruction that's happening behind them. And they have soft music going. It's like a flute playing or something. Uh, so it's, it's very, very interesting. Uh, here you have this, this shaking, this rumbling that's, that's going on that people are talking about hearing all around that area, yet these, this couple is uh, continuing the conversation like nothing's happening. So when, when you look at that video, and like I have, I'm like, hmm, that's, that's maybe, maybe suspect to me. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, maybe it gives us, it, it's interesting because CNN was the first video our, our first uh, news agency that came out with that video. And I know very clearly that they're controlled by uh, the Central Intelligence Agency. So it, when I know all these things, I start to piece my, from my end, from my background, from my information uh, and from my knowing that there's, there's very uh, curious things that are going on there uh, that, don't, that don't fit. Well, while we're here, Michael, can I just take a quick segue? Because of your background, um, obviously, being SEAL and also the, you know, with your, your time in the CIA, surely you you signed all sorts of confidentiality agreements and so on, where you you cannot go over a certain point in discussion. I mean, you know, you must have sworn to secrecy about so many different missions. So when you're talking, you know, in, in a sort of a free way today about this, are you in your mind navigating? certain key words, certain key points, certain sentences, or, or certain information? Are, are you being careful with your words right now? Are you talking totally freely as a person? Yeah, there's, there's always, because uh, there are good people that have information that they, they still utilize. Uh, there's there's uh, top secret and above information that I'm aware of uh, that are, that's still top secret. That of course I'm not going to divulge because I do I have signed those uh, non-disclosure agreements that you're talking about, but mm-hmm. those non-disclosure agreements did not uh, take into account for people that are are trying to destroy 
our country. So I, I'm, I've, I always swore allegiance to our country uh, to protect it against invaders, foreign and domestic. And domestic. So we have, we have domestic terrorists that are basically trying to take over our country right now. So it's up mm-hmm. to me, foreign defender of our country, to speak out. Mm-hmm. Well, I can respect that principle. May I, again, I, another segue while we're here, because I do want to get back to the building, but I'm also fascinated by, uh, by, by this, this area as well. When you are in a war zone, and obviously part of survival, or success and survival, I should say, is you know, following the chain of command. And if you're in an advanced team like you were, then you need to rely on the people around you. I've not been in a war zone myself, so I'm, I'm, I'm speculating. I'm just talking from you know, my, my mind here at the moment. But has there ever been like a conflict of interest between towing the line or towing the chain of command against um, perhaps not believing 100% in the leader who is asking you to do these things? Am I being clear? I mean, if, if a president, for example, says, go into that country and pull this down and, and uh, make it happen and make it look like this, and you don't buy into that concept, but on the other hand, in order to succeed and, and, and you know, come out alive, uh, you need to follow the chain of command. How does that, how, how do you live, live through that event and, and how, how, how do you, um, how can I say? How do you feel as you go through that process? Maybe I, again, I'm speculating, but how do you feel through that process? Yeah, that's an excellent question, um, and, and well put. So yes, I've experienced uh, a lot of that over the years. And when you're with uh, very high-level uh, organizations like I have been, uh, they can come in and ask you to do certain things they know they have to have your full cooperation because it takes an incredible level of dedication to pull off impossible missions like a lot of us have done so if there's there's no agreement to something that's been you know put forward then people speak out and say no that's that's not that's not a mission that we can do uh for for different reasons and and it could Mm -hmm. be because it's not a sound uh that people would probably you know get hurt on on a great level so that's taken into account, but it's also uh, stuff that happens where it's not right. Like for instance, I remember when I was a security contractor, uh, there there was a, a directive given that anyone in Iraq at the time uh, that was wearing a shawar kameez that had a certain uh, color to it, uh, mm-hmm. they should be shot on sight. So wow. all of us were like, that ain't happening. <laughs> that is not happening. Uh, so you you do have the choice, oftentimes, uh, when you're at senior levels of uh, you know groups at certain levels, uh, like I, I work with, where you make those decisions. Unfortunately, uh, when you're in the lower levels uh, or with uh, very uh, low end uh, military units or so forth, uh, you follow orders and you don't question. And that's I think that gets uh, gets us into trouble, like we've seen throughout time. So uh, yes. Uh, I look at stuff and I, I see I see problems with it. Uh, in in Afghanistan, I saw uh, drug trafficking uh, that was being condoned by the, by sections of the CIA. 
So I know a lot of opium like, growing over there, I believe. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, mm. I mean, we took we took down Afghanistan just like we took down Vietnam uh, for that opium because uh, there's there's lots of money to be made, to be made in the drug trafficking, uh, just like we're seeing you know uh, in the uh, human trafficking, which makes even more money uh, coming across the border right now. So we mm. see levels of the government that are allowing that to happen. So you start to put it together. And it's very easy to see that there is some level within our government that does not have our best interest in mind. They'll they'll crash a plane. Uh, I remember Obama met with a person that was, uh, you know, um, very uh, 9-11 uh, truth-oriented. And uh, I remember she met with him, uh, and he, was, he promised that a lot of good things would be happening. She boarded a plane. That plane crashed. So we know that or pretty much know that she was she was a thorn in their side. So they'll crash a plane to kill one person, uh, and they'll kill a lot of other people. So they they pulled this building to kill a lot of a lot of people. Which I, I I love the way you brought up. You know, you know we're talking about this stuff, but and, and that's one of the reasons why we want to talk about it because people are being slaughtered in a way that's you know unholy. It's like it's it's wrong on many different levels. So we want to come to the truth, and I, I love this discussion. I love the discussion that you're coming at it from a different angle, you know, asking pointed questions, and uh, and you want to know the truth just like all of us do. So I can give you, you know, from my observations, what I see as truth, and you know, from my uh, ex- extreme, you know, knowledge and extreme levels of, uh, you know, awareness, uh, and also from my, you know, science. When you look at the science of this, it really doesn't make sense that it would uh, that all three of those buildings would fall the way they did. Mike, Michael, before we leave the the segue about your experience on on duty, um, mm-hmm. I my father was a, a, a news film filmmaker, um, documentary filmmaker, and he did visit some of the war zones, perhaps even some of the ones that you served in. Uh, not actually during active warfare, but very soon after, just a few days after the ceasefire and so on. I remember he mm-hmm. was showing me photographs on the road to Basra, and, 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 and yeah, I, that's another whole story. But during mm-hmm. these campaign, campaigns, and I'm, I'm mixing it up mildly because we're coming up on the break, I want to get to the point. I understand that um, a sound weapon was used against Iraqi soldiers, whereby a beam of sound... Uh, was used and it sort of reduced them to um, it, it took the fight out of them basically. I think they all came together mm-hmm. and, and were, were sort of sobbing on the ground. That is what I've heard. Can you right. validate that, or is it is it just pure conspiracy? I, I can't validate that, but uh, it's not pure conspiracy because those uh, weapons do exist. Uh, they've, they've actually been used on uh, on people in the United States during uh, riots. They've had uh, military uh, vehicles that came in. They had these uh, sound-generating uh, devices on them. They've, it's been videoed. Uh, it's, it's, it's not something new. It's been utilized uh, for many, many, many years. So good point. So there's, there's technologies uh, that are being utilized that you know, a lot of us aren't aware of, uh, but they're, they're extremely effective. And they've been utilized for quite some time. No, I 
that's that's why I want exactly where I want to get to before the break because I think that uh, the work from Dr. Judy Wood is essential to understand uh, before we attack the uh, the rest. I say attack is a badly chosen word, but before we go through the the scenario in Florida, uh, Dr. Judy Wood. Is, has written a book, I believe it's called Where, Where Did the Towers Go? Or Where, the, Where Did the Towers Go? I believe. And she has put together a very, very um, scientific and evidence-based case um, without speculation about why or how the towers came down. It's not a question of who did it. Sorry, I should say it's not a question of who did it or why they came down. It's more a question of this is the evidence that proves that they came down from means other than natural. And that's pretty obvious uh, as we come up to the break. So let's let's move on from that after the break. You're listening to The Other Side of the News. My name is Timothy Saunders, co-hosting with Kintia and Annette Driscoll. And tonight's show is entitled Demolishing Lies. One of the ways that this organized crime system has been able to monopolize the media and has been able to uh, control the government and control perception on a wide scale is because it's the banks at the core And they've been given the privilege of creating money out of thin air using a technique called fractional reserve banking. Where the central banks backstop the money center banks to create money out of thin air. So when you go to get a loan, whether it's a mortgage or a car loan, that's not depositor money that they're loaning you. Uh, They just credit your account with some dollar credits and you're off to the races. And then you spend the rest of your life paying interest on a mortgage that somebody created out of thin air. And that's the reason why the bank is the largest building in every city on the planet. Because they're making outrageous profits by getting to loan money at interest that they created out of thin air. This is Etienne de la Boissy Squared, the author of Government, the Biggest Scam in History, Exposed. And some of my favorite conversations are the ones that I have on the other side of the news. With Timothy, Netta, and Kintia. Thank you for doing what you do and providing the service that you provide.
And welcome back to the other side of the news. Our guest tonight is Michael Jaco, and we're having an amazing conversation, and the time is going so quickly. The show is called Demolishing Lies. We also have a caller in that uh, Timothy was referring to. Timothy, would you like to uh, introduce Robert Morningstar? Absolutely. Robert, welcome to the other side of the news. Welcome back to the other side of the news, I should say. Thank you, Timothy. It's good to talk to you. And Kinthea, hello, Kinthea and Annetta. Um, Hello, Michael. I've been enjoying your dissertation and your life story. We share a lot in common, including our visions of Michael the Archangel. What I'd like to say is, Tim, thank you for the clear synopsis that you gave of the information I exchanged with you earlier this week. I'd like to say that I heard a tower fell in Florida. I had no preconceptions. I turned on Tucker Carlson on Friday and I saw the video. I saw the building go down. I saw a puff of smoke and I thought, what a ghastly tragedy. Then I found the video that Tucker Carlson showed, and something struck me. This had no flashes. We're talking about two videos, one that showed the flashes at the beginning and Tucker Carlson's that did not show the flashes. But when I saw the Tucker Carlson show, I noticed an anomaly, and this began. This was what drew my curiosity. I saw an anomaly in that, first of all, the building collapsed from the top down. But before the building began to collapse, I saw a subtle lighting change occur on the upper left side of the building, going from top to the middle of the building before the collapse began. And the subtlety of it was that the side of the building changed hue from tan to a deeper rust color as what appeared to me to be a tremor propagated downward from the top of the building down toward the middle. That's how far I saw it go. Now, I did 10 frames. I, when the uh, Miami Herald video came out and I saw the flashes, I captured 10 frames and I shared them with Timothy. And if you study, this is in the first two seconds of the video that the Miami Herald uh, put out. So what I saw were two blue-white flashes inside two of the top three floors on the upper left side of the building before the start of the collapse of the superstructure. So these two white flashes are in the topmost, I guess, condos or the corners. But one flash was in the top one, then there was a dark floor, and then there was a second flash. Now, the two flashes are in the earliest frames that I could find. And referring to the 10-frame series that I sent to Timothy, uh, I said, notice in my 10-frame series of the close-up that the flash grows even brighter in intensity for two frames. That would be, that would be between two, three, and four, before extinguishing at frame five. Also notice that the white upright vertical support structures below the two lighted windows in the center of the building remain intact and upright before they begin to buckle and collapse at frame six. So what I see 
are two bright flashes of blue-white light. One of the lights goes out before the other. A wave, shock wave, propagates down the side of the building to the foundation. And then I see the center section, which has these two bright white, I, would, I wouldn't call them quite white, but they are light-colored uprights. But they remain stable until frame six and then they start to shake and then they start to buckle and then they the the apartment with the two lighted windows in the center then begins to collapse now today i saw a video the one that you have on the um, on your site that shows the second tower falling and tim i agree with you i see those strange white flashes of light from the lower sections but i also see a puff of smoke uh, coming out at the lowermost right base of the building before the building starts to collapse and before those lights appear there's a uh, a jet of white of black smoke that comes out at the lowermost like, corner sideways jet something like that yeah so so um the other thing and now uh, michael is talking about that intuitive warrior well i have that knack too and I think it comes from the same angelic guide. Now, you have a video there, which is very technical, of a gentleman uh, speaking. I think, it's, I think it's the first video. So I woke up uh, from a, a snooze, and I came over, and I said, oh, i got to watch the show. Let me just see what, what's going on over here on the, on the presentation. So I turned on that video. I think it's called Josh, Josh Potter, Building Integrity. And I exactly. clicked it on in about what the first quarter, and he started talking about the strangeness of the uh, the reconstruction of the building or the repair of the building having started on the roof. He said that that's not usually you usually start to uh, reconstruct the building or reshore it up or strengthen it from the bottom up, but this was very strange that they had all this equipment on the roof and he goes into a few minutes of that so um, as I said I didn't have any preconceptions about this the first video did not show the flashes but I noticed a tremor a shockwave go down through the building to change the color slightly change the color of the building from tan to a rust color then I saw the superstructure the roof collapse and it looked to me like this building was going down from the top down rather than from the bottom up. And um, that's, that's all I have to say. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that, uh, the, oh, the other thing, the flashes, before I go on, it's a 10-frame um, study. The light grows brighter and expands, and it seems to me that it, the flash, the brightness, the luminosity of the flash extends beyond the borders of the window frame, which says to me that what I'm watching is the shattering, the shattering of the glass of the windows spilling out and refracting the bright light that's coming out from within. Now, I too have friends who have been in the military, and uh, in particular my friend Michael. This happens. There are a lot of Michaels involved in this one, and I. And there's another one, Mike, Mike Turber, I'd like to thank him. He sent me an interior uh, video of the collapse inside an apartment. And I asked the question, 
what kind of explosive flashes white? And Mike Turber wrote back to me, ammonium nitrate flashes white. And then I thought back to the Oklahoma City bombing. And ammonium, ammonium nitrate is uh, hugely explosive. It's readily available, very cheap, and as I said, gives a big bang for the buck. So that's all I have to offer you. I had no suspicions. My first suspicion was a change in hue in the color of the building, the propagation of the wave going down from the the top down, from the roof down, seeing the roof collapse first before the buckling of the center section. So um, my conclusion is that there were two explosions in the upper region of the building which initiated the collapse, destabilized the foundation when the shockwave got to the bottom, and then the rest of the building came down. And I was really amazed that Jeff Potter noted, you don't start reconstructing or repairing buildings from the roof. You generally don't do that. You repair them from the bottom up. So thank you for inviting me to uh, comment, and uh, I'll turn it back to you. Well, Robert, I just want to jump in one second. I thought it was interesting you mentioned the Oklahoma bombing because I had one of our listeners write in the same thing. And I also wanted to share here, this is Robert Morningstar, folks, who if you didn't get the last name, it is Robert Morningstar, also a Navy guy and an investigator. And I thought, what a perfect combination to get the two of you talking. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Navy guy in that I was recruited in college to become a uh, research fellow or actually a test for the development of artificial intelligence. I was involved in a U.S. Navy uh, ONI and uh, IBM program to uh, map my brain, measure brainwave functions and map neural networks uh, so that they could take the Uh, the matrix and put it into a computer and teach a computer how to think like a human being. But I think they goofed. I think the apparatus that they wrapped around my head uh, had a reverse effect and um, gave me a boost. I like to call it the Corral Brain Boost, like the movie Forbidden Planet, that uh, they put on this machine. and If it didn't kill you, it boosted your brain uh, power. So I also... I'm happy to say that I have very fast eyes. God gifted me with a special kind of eyesight, and I don't—I not only see sharply, but I see quickly. And that's what's led me to discover and expose the doctoring of the Zapruder film, for which I am best known. Everyone thought the Zapruder film was an actual and veritable truth-telling instrument of the JFK assassination, and I... I was the one that found at least six six splices interposing partial frames to create an optical illusion. And um, but that's thanks, that, Robert. That, yeah. Thanks so much. You're you're very welcome. Michael, that, that Michael was what, what, what say you? <laughs> that was a excellent interpretation. Uh, the Mr. Fast Eyes is uh, picking up some good stuff. So the uh, the good the good points uh, that I, you know I, I I keyed in on were the uh, ammonium ammonium nitrate, uh, which is uh, has a in 
So it moved the the speed of the detonation moves slower than like let's say C4. So C4, the the rate of detonation or bessons, you know, is very very fast, uh, whereas uh, ammonium nitrate is slower. So when they do uh, demolition underground, they're moving earth, uh, so forth, or when we're you know dropping trees for whatever reason, uh, we use ammon- ammonium nitrate or dynamite. So uh, it does have that that type of flash. So it depends on what the uh, demolition is made of. It gives it that color. Uh, so aluminum and magnesium, it would have like maybe a silver color. Uh, so ammonium nitrate, more of a, a white, uh, like, like what we're seeing. The blue, I'm not quite sure. Uh, the blue could be like, you know, we're, we're discussing, it could be some kind of electrical, um, you know, activity that's going on. Uh, because obviously uh, the electrical appliances and stuff that are in these buildings uh, would start to short circuit or, or flash or whatever. So it could be some of that going on, but uh, that that was a that was a great analysis. So uh, I totally agree. It's very sus- it was always suspect to me uh, the roof, uh, you know, repair that was going on, and then this uh, this building collapses like it did. Well, Timothy, I know you had a lot more questions, and I think Annette does too. Either of well, you want to jump in? We haven't heard very much from Anetta for a little while. Do you have any questions, Anetta? Ladies first. Actually, I would like to hear yours because it's kind of down your alley right now. So I was going to take a completely different direction, but I'm, I'm liking this, this avenue we're on. So why don't you take over right now? Okay, well, let's, let, I would like now to go to 9-11. I was <laughs> <laughs> away from it before. Well, that's I mean, what I was trying to avoid. <laughs> well, no, okay, no, I mean, I wanted to keep them separate initially. And I, I, I did uh, make an introduction to Dr. Judy Wood's work. And uh, we definitely worth looking at. But I've posted some, some podcasts in my links this evening. And also that then extends on to some work that she refers to by John Hutchinson, a Canadian inventor uh, who's managed to get, create some incredible and very weird uh, metallic alloys from levitating them, from moving them around in electrostatic fields. And he's also been uh, uh, responsible for creating some fairly you know, weird bending and deformation of, of metals that certainly I'd never seen before. You know, it's sort of things like metal, that look, aluminium that looks like it's exploded and then re-fused together with almost like crystalline structures and stainless steel that's just sort of melted as if it was made of chocolate and then uh, hardened up again. It's quite remarkable to look into those those uh, those pieces of work from, from both of those characters. And I, I think that it'd be very interesting to, to ask them to come on our show in the future as well. I'd like to learn a lot more about those. But the point of that, com- that, that segue is uh, Dr. Judy Wood has come up with a... a very evidential-based summary of physically what occurred at the 9-11 site. And it does, in my opinion, uh, look like something more exotic than simply a demolition. I mean, there's obviously no question it it was a demolition job and Building 7. Um, But it does look more exotic than C4 or, I would say, 
you know, other types of explosives. Would you agree with that, Michael? I, I would actually. Yeah, it definitely does. Uh, although I've, I've been looking for the, uh, the evidence of uh, Dr. Judy Wood's, uh, you know, uh, information in this, mm-hmm. I haven't quite found it yet. So like I talked about earlier, where I saw the, what I thought was a flip car that would, would have been of uh, evidence. Uh, it's someone told me that it actually had fallen out from a, a higher uh, level garage. Okay, so but I, I on the subject of 9-11, in reference to 9-11, do you, do you buy into right. her work on 9-11? Oh, absolutely. I, I love yeah. her work. I've read her book. I've watched all her videos. They're absolutely mm-hmm. fascinating. Yeah. That, that, I, I, I'm in the same position as you because, for me, the Florida event is a demolition. Now, in my opinion, in my opinion I think there are mm-hmm. three ways to look at it. Either if we go along the lines of um, Josh Porter with Building Integrity, uh, who does give a very squeaky clean and presentation about all the facts and the plans and the photographs of the rebar poking through the, the concrete and, and the rust and the stalactites and the uh, spalling of the concrete and so on. You know, he does give a very squeaky clean presentation for that, and I'm sure he'll become the voice of or the commentator of this um, this event in some ways. Now, hey, can, can I just give, jump in one second? Well, mid-sentence, Kintia. Can you wait one yeah, second? Yeah, fast. Um, quick note from Morningstar. The bluish could be from blue-tinted glass because it is Florida. So could have something to do with that. Just to know All right. That. So to go back to the point, the there have been building reports done on, on this building. I spent quite a lot of time last year in Fort Lauderdale in a, a similar age building. And I have to say, when I was walking under some of the concrete walkways and things even there without any, I did really wonder how much, how many more years they would be supported by them, their own structure. But the point is, even if with these building reports from, from years and followed by neglect, that is a form of, you know, demoli- um, what should we say, planned demolition, because if, if you're not going to look after a building and you are going to let water go through it and you are going to let the rebar corrode and you are going to allow, you know, uh, lots of water, broken pipes, maybe broken sprinklers and things, you're weakening the structure, that's for sure. Um, but still, it needs a catalytic, catalytic event to to start the whole thing off. And, and I think that, you know, what, Robert and also you, Michael, have commented on is the work on the roof, which is, is clearly set out in the report by Josh Porter, um, shows that it, it is asked about chase, to use an English expression. You, know, you, you don't start with the roof because all the equipment's up there, the scaffolding's up there, the, the crane foundations are up there, and so on. So you don't want to finish the roof first and then damage it with the, the, the metalwork afterwards. And there also were reports of people you know, drilling, chiseling, uh, what did you do, a powered hammer work going on for, for, you know, driving people crazy on the roof. So some of the people who actually lived there were complaining about this work going on on the roof for a very, very long time. And so, yeah, on that level, you could come to the point that maybe charges were placed on the upper levels and maybe even just to you know, put C4 or something or, or ammonium nitrate across the, the upper columns would be enough to drop the first floor on the second floor, sorry, the top, the top floor onto the, you know, the next floor 
and create like a cascade of uh, demolition. But to me, it is it is it is intended, in my opinion, because it just falls so perfectly on its own footprint. And I think that that is without without any of the other facts that that in itself is is um, a giveaway. Um, in terms of particle weapons, heat rays, uh, exotic technology, I agree with you. I don't think that car levitated. I think it either slid down on an angle into an indentation in the ground or it fell from above. It looks more likely. I don't see any of the fused metal. I don't see the clear delineation between you know, paint being burned off like in New York in the 9-11 event. Uh, you know, literally one half of a car is in perfect state and the other half of the car is, you know, uh, completely burned out, torched, toasted, as Judy Wood would say. And the other thing is that in New York, after 9-11, within literally a very short time, whether it's minutes or hours, all of the cars that were um, toasted, as she says, they all showed extreme... Uh, levels of corrosion, which means, in my opinion, they've, they've oxidized very, very quickly, which to me says that there was either some strange metallic um, effect, whether it comes from a, a wave or beam, microwave, for example, or some chemical, some intense chemical where you know, the metal is oxidized, it's burned and it's oxidized very, very quickly. And I don't see evidence of that in Florida yet, but it's still early days. Um, I'm going to turn it over to you guys, but I will just say one more thing, and that is that when I first switched on the video report a week ago, um, I think I thought it was uh, Surfside Mayor. I could be wrong. I think it's somebody called Charles Burkett. I think that's the correct name. Uh, was saying, I mean, it looks like a bomb went off, but we, you know. We don't have any evidence at the moment that says it was a bomb going off. I mean, that, that's pretty telling. That's one of the first reports that went off. And I think the news has been guided from that until I saw a press conference yesterday evening where they're saying, we'd like to thank Biden. Thank you very much for bringing funding online to, uh, and ladies and gentlemen, government is working in Florida. Government is really working in Florida. So obviously there's been a shitload of money poured into to solve this issue. But I think that Annette's point earlier on, um, and also I have to say my first suspicion was this is some form of land grab, uh, whereby you know there's lots of shiny apartments along that part of the coastline, and this building was not one of the shiny ones. Um, perhaps it could be taken down and uh, a new shiny one put up and lots more money being made, or perhaps you know, people want to move there and enjoy the ocean view. So I have to say, my suspicions are, in, on one level or another, it's an, an intended demolition. And I think it, it probably was using more conventional explosives as opposed to an exotic weapon. What do you think, Michael? Yeah, until, uh, until we see more evidence of uh, the, uh, you know, perhaps the uh, directed energy weapons, yeah, it's, it's a demolition uh, event. Uh, complete demolition event. So it's, it's definitely that. It's a, it, it would have, if it was a de demolition event, which I believe it was, uh, there were more explosives that were placed down throughout the building. Uh, just doing the explosives on the, on the roof would have, have done the same thing, would, would expose that 
Yeah, there was just failure on the roof, and it wouldn't have uh, transferred, I don't believe, into the rest of the building. Unless someone has a, a demolition technique that they just come up with that I'm not aware of, uh, it wouldn't be, you know, from the roof that would, fall, that would go all the way down and, and collapse the building at free fall speed. So it's... Um, uh, it seems obvious to me, like we've seen the, the, you know, the flashes and stuff like that, that there does seem to be uh, demolition charges throughout the building. Mm. Well, it took a, a long time for the evidence to come up to the, uh, the boiling right. point with 9-11, and we're still early days yet, mm-hmm. so uh, let's uh, watch this space. Absolutely. And thank you, Timothy. Great points. I love, I love them. Thanks. I had another, yeah. I had another idea also that I hadn't quite put out there yet, and that is, you know, there, there's the idea of the land grab and and all of that. But then there's also this little thing of um, Florida has really been flaunting their ability to go against the pandemic, to take the mask off, to open up businesses, and oh, look, our numbers are lower than California, let's say, that has all these restrictions, blah, blah, blah. Uh, do you think that it could be a deep state, you know, giving um, their signal that they're not happy with this? They want, you know, they're, they're, it's, it's a retaliation or something like that. That's, that's my feel. Uh, that was my instant feel. That it's, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I, right from the beginning, that they're basically uh, sending a message to Florida that because they have, uh, you know, New Yorkers and uh, um, Californians that are, are going to Florida. So they're losing their, their populations because uh, how, how bad they are uh, and they see how good Florida is. And Florida was the one pretty much that started, uh, you know, taking off a mask and uh, started, you know, like you said, going against what they, they tried to uh, control us with the, the COVID lie and it's uh it's it's unraveling very quickly now uh, throughout well, the u.s yeah if i look if i look at this and, and i look at uh chad and tanzania belarus places like that where they did go against the grain and those those countries got hit really hard uh by mm-hmm. the, the deep state and then you know the funny thing is is, is uh south dakota that never got much play they never went along with it and uh you know, they kind of were silenced by the, you know, the media just didn't even want to talk about that. But Florida somehow has gotten the publicity and been out there and really, you know, made an obvious point. So when I first saw this, what everyone's saying, their, their first impressions, mine was, yeah, n- no building naturally falls down like that. That's not natural. It's, you know, I don't know. I didn't know all the details and how they took it down, but they took it down. That was my feeling. And then the next thing I go to is, and why? And why do you want to take this down? And so I kind of said all the different theories I have, and I don't have, you know, <laughs> it's pretty hard to put any one of my theories, right? <laughs> uh, but mm-hmm. uh, anyway, that's where I, that's where I am. So I just wanted to, to put that in because we're almost to the end of the show, believe it or not. Well, we're there already. We're out of runway, yeah. unfortunately. So yeah. despite the initial unpleasant realization of the truth, you will see there is light at the end of the tunnel. There is an increasing number of respected journalists, writers, politicians, doctors, lawyers, influencers, artists, activists, and innovators who are wide awake and are already making great impact. All they require from you is to unplug from mainstream and social media propaganda, to make your own independent research, to stop acquiescing. Stand up for what you believe in with respect to others. Remember, you were born with power. 
that you wake up each day with power. It is entirely up to you how you choose to retain or give it away. You have been listening to another live broadcast of the other side of the news. The 64th edition is entitled Demolishing Lies and remains available to all listeners free of charge at www.theothersideofmidnight.com forward slash T-O-S-N. My name is Timothy Saunders and together with co-host and producer Kim Tia, co-host and researcher Annette Driscoll, offer special thanks to our guest Michael Jaco. We wish you all a very positive week and look forward to reconnecting with you on our next edition next Friday. Good night. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.